For the next four weeks, the podcast will focus on God and government. In today's episode, Gary Massey addresses the question, what is the Christian's responsibility as a citizen? Christians live in governments around the world. How they view the government will often affect how the government views Christianity. The Bible has some surprising answers to these issues. Join Gary as he covers this topic. We live in turbulent times. Political opinions and arguments are difficult to escape. Everyone, it seems, is an expert on what every government leader should do and how the entire world could be improved if only their opinions were obeyed. In times like these, Christians need to pay close attention to what the Bible says about earthly government and what our attitudes are supposed to be. Everyone lives in a place governed by laws and rulers. Therefore, everyone needs to know how to behave under whatever government we find ourselves. In this study, we're going to examine how God wants us to conduct ourselves as citizens of our countries. Of course, we learn what God wants by studying His Word, the Bible. The principles about government taught in the Bible apply to every person of every religion, including Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, and even atheists. Further, these principles apply in every country at every time, both ancient and modern. The attitudes detailed in this study apply regardless of which type of government our particular country uses. They apply to communistic, democratic, monarchical, patriarchal, imperial, dictatorial, and every other form of government. God desires all people to live peaceably with each other and with their governments. We will answer several questions in this study. What attitude should you have toward your government? Should you pay taxes to your government? Is it wrong to participate in trying to overthrow your government if you believe your government is unjust? When should you disobey government laws and rules? The Bible answers all these questions. We want to share those answers with you. Unlike what many people may think, the Bible teaches Christians to respect and appreciate their human governments. God uses governments, even ones that do not acknowledge His authority, as a blessing to provide protection and security for all people. Therefore, Christians have a strong duty to live in subjection to and seek peace with their government, even when the Christians' beliefs differ from the beliefs of government leaders. First, let's look at the authority of God. God, the Lord Almighty, Jehovah, is the creator of the heavens, the earth, and the entire universe. The first verse of the Bible confirms this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. God's sovereign power is echoed again and again in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 5. God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk in it. Again, in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, He is God, who formed the earth and made it, 
He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 26, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temple made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Finally, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Because God created the heavens and earth, and because His power transcends all physical or earthly power, He also has absolute authority over all of creation, including human beings. Therefore, earthly governmental authority is subject to the authority of Jehovah God Himself. However, this does not mean that followers of God, i.e. Christians, may disregard the authority of civil governments that refuse to acknowledge the authority of God. Now, let's consider religious authority versus governmental authority. Civil governments possess legitimate authority to govern God's creation. This authority must be obeyed for a person to be pleasing to God. In fact, the Bible teaches that civil governments have authority separate and apart from the church established by Jesus. Jesus taught that His kingdom, the church, was not intended to exercise civil government authority, but to operate in a different realm. In John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus told Pontius Pilate, a Roman governor, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. To appreciate what the Bible teaches in this regard, we need to understand the meaning of civil government or civil law. This simply refers to the law established by a nation, state, province, county, city, or other governmental level that applies to the citizens and inhabitants of that place. Civil law concerns crimes, private rights, public conduct of citizens in that place or jurisdiction. This is in contrast to military law or international law. Civil law also contrasts with church law, which is sometimes called ecclesiastical law. Civil law governs the interactions of people who live under the same government. The Bible teaches that God never intended His spiritual kingdom to provide the earthly oversight and administrative functions of civil governments. Instead, this earthly oversight is reserved for civil institutions. Similarly, God never intended for Christians to make their civil governments into religious governments. God is the only moral religious ruler. 
God alone will act as judge and will exact the punishment that he, in perfect justice, decides for violations of his moral or religious law. Governments of men are civil rulers. Civil governments regulate their citizens' lives in their daily interactions with one another. They are not intended to be the enforcer who punishes people when they break God's religious laws. Oftentimes, civil laws reflect the wisdom and righteousness of God's moral laws, but the two were never intended to be the same or to work the same. Instead of controlling civil governments, God teaches His followers to obey civil governments and to trust Him even when a particular government seems opposed to God's will. In fact, the Bible teaches that civil governments are instituted and authorized by God, even the ones that refuse to acknowledge God's authority. Let's discuss God's control of governments and rulers. According to the Bible, Jehovah God Himself determines every earthly kingdom and ruler. Consider some of the many scriptures that teach this principle. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. The Old Testament contains numerous examples and explicit teachings that God rules in international and governmental affairs. Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 and 21 says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. In Daniel chapter 4, we see how God personally humbled the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. After recovering from his difficult lesson, the great king Nebuchadnezzar proclaimed that God has shown his power so that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. King Nebuchadnezzar was a brutal conqueror of God's chosen people, but he is used as a prime example in the Bible that God, in fact, is in charge of what rulers govern at what times. Apart from God, no earthly government authority exists. As Jesus himself said to the Roman governor who was deciding Jesus' fate, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. John chapter 19, verse 11. Because God institutes and authorizes civil governments, he also instructs his followers to obey or be subject to those civil governments. The instructions regarding a Christian's attitude toward government authority is surprisingly simple and straightforward. The Christian's attitude toward government. The Bible's instructions to Christians about how to act toward their government can be summed up in one word, subjection. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 4 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist 
have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. The same principles are also given by the Apostle Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, we read, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Notice that the book of Romans is written to the very capital of the Roman Empire. This same government was the power that put Jesus to death on the cross. This same Roman government imprisoned the Apostle Paul and, according to secular history, killed both Paul and Peter. Undoubtedly, the Roman government killed thousands of Christians. But what are God's instructions to the oppressed Christians of Rome? Be subject to the governing authorities. Even the Roman government was instituted by God. Resisting their authority is the same as resisting God's authority. Peter, who was present the night the Roman soldiers arrested Jesus, says what? Honor the emperor. What emperor was in power at the time? The Roman emperor, Caesar. This surprising principle needs to be carefully studied by every follower of Jesus. Even when a government does evil things, they are to be treated as carrying God-given authority to provide law and order in the place where they have authority. And Christians must respect that authority. However, there is one narrow exception. When to disobey. While every government has God-given authority, the Bible reveals certain situations in which Christians must not obey government rules. Specifically, when governments seek to prohibit a Christian from doing the peaceful will of God, then the Christian must disobey that government rule. For instance, in Daniel chapter 3, when King Nebuchadnezzar set up a golden idol and ordered that everyone must worship this false god, the righteous Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship the idol. Their disobedience was pleasing to God, who then saved them from the fiery furnace. Later, in Daniel chapter 6, King Darius ordered that no one was allowed to pray to any god other than to King Darius. Daniel correctly continued to pray to Jehovah God. When Daniel was thrown into a den of hungry lions, God protected him from the lions, much like his friends in chapter 3. The same principle is also found in the New Testament. Much of the public life of Jesus was spent in confrontation of the hypocrisy 
of the religious leaders of his day. Jesus turned over the money-changing tables and ran the greedy out of the temple in Mark chapter 11. He repeatedly healed on the Sabbath and spent time with people who were considered undesirable. Jesus broke traditions of how to wash your hands and whether you could feed yourself by picking grain on the Sabbath. Interestingly, Jesus' disobedience was actually directed at perversions of God's religious law, not civil governmental authority. Jesus never broke an actual law, religious or civil, but simply violated traditions. Never once did he even violate the law of the Roman occupiers of his homeland at the time. Even when he was arrested, he cooperated with his oppressors. After Jesus' death, we see the same attitude in his apostles. Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. In the next chapter, we see that the apostles continued to spread the gospel of Jesus and were arrested again. In Acts chapter 5, verse 20, an angel releases the apostles from prison and tells them to return to the temple and continue to tell people about this word of life. They do exactly that, only to be arrested again. However, the apostles never called for widespread disobedience, rioting, or disturbing the peace. They never even called for a change in government leaders. They simply persisted in following the Word of God. In all the examples of disobeying government, at least two common threads are easily seen. First, God never expects His people to obey civil government when that government interferes with their ability to worship or serve Him. Second, the disobedience is always limited to actually doing God's will. The disobedience never extends to disrupting the other functions of government. Never in Daniel, in the life of Jesus, or the apostles after Jesus' death, did anyone actually rise up against the government. God's people have never been called to try to change the government. Instead, God's people are to focus on following God's will and trust God to institute the leaders and government. God's people must simply obey the government unless doing so prevents them from doing God's will. Praying for government. The Bible teaches Christians to pray for their government. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Here we see even deeper insight into what the Christian's attitude toward government should be. Christians should desire their government to provide an atmosphere of peace and quiet. Christians should pray for the ability to live in godliness and dignity. 
Thus, Christians are commanded to pray for kings and everyone who holds high office that they would lead in a way that allows Christians to serve God in peace, quiet, and dignity. We see this very attitude displayed in the Old Testament. In the book of Ezra, we read about the Persian Empire and King Artaxerxes. This king was neither a Jew nor a follower of Jehovah God, but he recognized the value of having God's moral laws taught and prayer offered to God on his behalf. For these reasons, he ordered the local governors in Israel to provide for the worship of God in Jerusalem. Here is what he said in Ezra chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Whatever is needed, bulls, rams, or sheep for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, or oil, as the priests at Jerusalem require, let that be given to them day by day without fail, that they may offer pleasing sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. Indeed, these same prayers for government leaders are commanded in the New Testament as well. God teaches Christians to obey government and to pray that the government will provide peace and tranquility in which they can serve God and enjoy His blessings. But Christians are not only told to pray for their government's leaders, they are also ordered to actively support their governments with money, paying taxes. Praying for government is not the only responsibility that Christians have in regard to civil governments. Also, Christians are ordered by God to honestly pay their taxes. Jesus taught about this very specifically. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 17 through 21, Jesus is asked, Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. This same principle is clarified even more by the apostles after Jesus' death. They make explicit that followers of Christ must pay their taxes. Romans chapter 13, verses 5 through 7 says, Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Remember, this instruction is written to the Christians in the capital city of the government that killed Jesus and thousands of Christians. This government used tax money to oppress Christians and commit uncountable injustices and atrocities. So the command stands that much stronger. Even Christians living under such a government must not only live in subjection to that government, but they must also pay all taxes owed 
and respect the people who hold office in that government. Rebellion is prohibited. If a Christian subjects himself to and prays for civil government, then revolting against or trying to overthrow the government is a direct violation of the Christian's duties to obey God's commands. This prohibition is made explicit in the Old Testament. Exodus 22 verse 28 says, You shall not revile God, nor curse a ruler of your people. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 11, An evil man seeks only rebellion. Again, Proverbs chapter 24 verses 21 and 22, My son, fear the Lord and the king, and do not join with those who do otherwise. For disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 20. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king. The prohibition against cursing a ruler of your people is endorsed in the New Testament as well. In Acts chapter 23, the apostle Paul was arrested and brought before the Jewish ruling council. The high priest of the Jews ordered that Paul be struck on the mouth. In return, Paul called him a whitewashed wall. When told that he was the high priest, Paul repented and said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Thus, even when a ruler is acting unjustly, that ruler must be treated with respect. Open defiance and criticism of rulers is simply not in keeping with the teachings of God. Rather than worrying about what government rulers are doing, Christians are to be focused primarily on spiritual things. Christians must not allow themselves to be distracted by earthly things, even things like politics and government affairs. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Also Romans chapter 8, verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. In short, Christians must focus on the kingdom of God and never become distracted by civil affairs in the kingdoms of men. Rather, we must set our minds on the things of the Spirit and keep our minds off the things of the flesh. Getting entangled in civilian pursuits keeps us from pleasing God, to whom we owe everything we have. Our Attitude Toward Fellow Citizens The principles that govern a Christian's attitude toward his or her civil government are rooted in the teachings about how Christians are to treat fellow human beings. Verses 1-7 through 7 of Romans chapter 13 record the most detailed instructions in the Bible about a Christian's relationship to government. The next seven verses follow with instructions on how we are to treat our fellow citizens and neighbors. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Christians are respected citizens in every country in the world because they make the societies where they live better. When Christians live according to the Bible, they treat their neighbors with love. They put the needs of other people ahead of their own. They respect family relationships. They avoid sexual immorality and destructive behavior. Christians must never commit violence, such as murder or assault. They respect property rights and do not steal. Christians even seek to guard themselves against coveting the property of others and envy. Instead, Christians rejoice when their neighbors are blessed and sow seeds of peace and harmony in their communities. For these reasons, they make the job of government leaders even easier. So let's sum up. God is the creator and absolute authority over everyone and everything. But God has granted civil government authority to various and different governments to accomplish His will. This includes the orderly regulation of society so that people can live in peace and safety. He has given authority even to governments who reject His word. Therefore, His people are required to recognize that civil governments are instituted and empowered by God, and that God will handle them in His own way. God's followers must live in subjection to civil governments. They must pay taxes and conduct themselves as productive citizens. They are not allowed to foment rebellion or to try to control the manner in which a government exercises its power. Only when the government seeks to prevent Christians from worshiping and serving God are Christians allowed to disobey civil government? From all the Bible's teachings on Christians and civil governments, we see that Christians are indeed a great asset to governments that have as their aim the peace and prosperity of their people. Indeed, governments have nothing to fear from Christians. To the contrary, Christians provide a source of peaceful, tax-paying, submissive citizens that help the poor, and refrain from hurting others. May all Christians influence our neighbors to treat their governments the way the Bible teaches.